No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord tells Isaiah to tell the people that their fasting is false. Here is the fasting that pleases God, and the faithful will be abundantly blessed. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah 58 on Simply the Bible. Is there a place for fasting in the life of a believer? Well, it depends on the motivation. If you think that fasting is a way for you to manipulate God into giving you what you want, well, you might as well go ahead and have lunch. But if you are fasting to know God's will and then to live it out in your relationships with others, then your fasting can do you much good. That is the theme of Isaiah chapter 58. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Now, God wanted Isaiah to cry aloud and lift up his voice like a trumpet. This was to be a loud and clear call to the people. As a trumpet player myself, I can relate. Isaiah did not have an enviable job because people don't like to be called out on their sins. But the true prophet of God cannot shrink back from declaring the truth. Jesus said that the world hated him because he testified that what it does is evil. God's true spokesman will never be popular. The problem was that these people were drawing near to God with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. They were playing church. Their worship was ritual rather than reality. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls, and you take no notice? Now, under the Mosaic Law, only one fast in the year was commanded, and that was on the Day of Atonement. Then they were to afflict their souls and not eat on the day when atonement was being made for their sins. At other times, people would voluntarily fast in times of great sorrow or when they were seeking the Lord, but it wasn't commanded by God. It wasn't mandatory. But evidently, their motivation in Isaiah's day was to get the Lord's attention. They thought that by fasting, they could twist God's arm to give them what they wanted. When someone tries to butter you up only to ask you for something, Don't you see through that? How much more does God, who knows our hearts, see our true motivation in why we do what we do? But their behavior was inconsistent with the ritual of fasting. And the Lord said, In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. (laughs) So they weren't fasting to like make themselves miserable so they could seek 
God and, and learn to be better followers of God? No, rather they were exploiting their laborers and they were fasting so that they could win arguments with one another, have a debate and even strike with the fist of wickedness. They were fasting so that they could fight. You will not fast as you do this day, the Lord said, to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? You see, God intended for it to be a time when they would afflict their souls, but they were just doing their fasting for their own pleasure. You will not fast as you do this day, the Lord said, to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? So they were saying, look, God, we are afflicting our soul. And they were all sullen and their heads were down and they were putting sackcloth on. And, but it was all just a big show. Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? In other words, do you think this is what I want? Did I ever require this of you? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? You see what God desired in their fasting and in the afflicting of their souls was that they would stop. They would examine themselves. They would seek to do God's will, and that the result of that would end up being something that would be good for the people around them. And so this is what he's saying. Look, this is the fasting I'm looking for, that you would loose the bonds of wickedness, stop doing evil to one another, and undo the heavy burdens. You'll recall that Jesus told the Pharisees that they put heavy burdens on others, and then they wouldn't lift a finger to help them. The Lord said, let the oppressed go free. Don't oppress one another. Don't be heavy-handed with one another. Break every yoke of bondage. You see, they had been in bondage in Egypt, but now they were trying to put one another in bondage. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked, that you cover him? and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Notice here how practical these things are. God is concerned for those who are needy, and he wanted his people to share his heart of generosity and charity toward them. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. You see, the Israelites were to consider themselves members of one family who at one time had been slaves together in Egypt. Therefore, they were not to neglect each other now. They weren't to shut their hearts up toward one another, but to love one another. Then your light shall break forth like the morning, and your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. So God said, if you do these things, if you live out my righteousness practically, then your light will break forth like the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily. You see, God wanted them to be able to walk in the light. Right now they were groping in darkness because they were disobeying God. 
and their land was under a curse. So God just said, look, if you'll do this, then you will walk in the light. You will receive healing for you and your land and your righteousness shall go before you. In other words, your reputation will precede you. People will know that you're a good person and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. So your reputation going before you and the glory of the Lord behind you, protecting you. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall call and he will say, here I am. Now they were saying, hey, God, why aren't you answering our prayer? Now we'll see in the next chapter in Isaiah 59 that God would say, look, it's not that I can't hear your prayer. It's not that my arm is too short to save you, but your sins have separated you from God. And here was the same thing. God is saying, look, if you'll do these things, then you will call me and I will answer. I will say, here I am, and I'll answer your prayers. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. So, What is it about humanity that we so often point the finger at others, point out the faults in others? God said, stop it. Stop pointing the finger at others. I've always been told if you point the finger at one person, then there's three pointing back at you. And stop speaking wickedly. Stop your gossip and your backbiting. Instead, extend your soul to those souls that are afflicted. That's my heart. That's my righteousness. That's what I desire from my people. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Again, they wouldn't be groping in darkness, but God would illuminate their path. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. So it could be a drought for everybody else, but God would still satisfy their soul and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Now we just came back from Israel. And just let me tell you, it is an arid country and there's no natural river in Jerusalem. There is the Gihon Spring, but that's outside the city walls. And so to have a spring of water that would never fail, that was an abundant water supply, was a great thing to have in that part of the world. And God said, look, you'll be like that. You'll be a watered garden, a spring of water that does not fail. In other words, you will continue to bring life to others. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Now, they had a heritage through David who who had brought the golden age to Israel and there in Jerusalem, you know, he had built up the walls and not only the physical walls, but the spiritual walls of righteousness. And so God said, "You will build up those waste places, those ruins that have had happened because of bad kings in Judah. You will rebuild the ruins and raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. You know, David said, delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that's always God's desire is, is, you know, he'll give us stuff, but stuff does not compare 
with the creator. He wants us to delight ourselves in him. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. God had promised to Jacob that he would bless those who blessed him and curse those who cursed him and that through Jacob and his descendants, all of the earth would be blessed. So he says, look, I'm going to give you that heritage. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, it would have been simply enough for God to give this word to Isaiah and Isaiah speak it as the prophet of God, but then God adds to it, look, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In other words, this is from me. You do these things. You bring forth the fast that I have chosen. You do good to one another and love one another and care for one another, and I will bless you abundantly. I have spoken it, and I will bring it to pass. Let me just say that the Lord brought this chapter to mind a couple years ago. And as a result of meditating on this, we have begun what we call the I-58 project, Isaiah 58. And that is just to reach out to one another in these practical ways, because God has promised amazing blessings to the people who will do this, who will take hold of God's heart and his righteousness. And it's effective in any generation. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow, we will see where the people's sin separated them from God so that justice was far from them. But the Lord would redeem Zion and put his words in their mouths. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible. <laughs>